What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose, your fix of DFS information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by the two Jays, Joey and Jared. And gentlemen, another high-scoring week on DraftKings for week three of the NFL season. Uh, a lot of chuck ended up falling flat. It was a great week to be contrarian. So on today's show, we're going to briefly discuss our own results before going over some of the plays that you needed to have to finish highly in GPPs. But before that, we actually have a big announcement. Cue the drum roll sound effect. We got some new content coming. Uh, every single week on Instagram, you can follow us at the DFS Dose. We're going to be doing an Instagram live show at 12 noon Eastern. It's going to be between 30, 45 minutes. We're still ironing out the details there, but uh, it's basically just going to be a show that catches you up on all of the news that changes the slate in between uh, when our preview podcast comes out on Thursday and everything happens uh, on Thursday and Friday in terms of practices and actives, things that swing the slate. Um, For example, this week, Latavius Murray ended up becoming heavy chalk late in the week Friday, so we weren't really able to cover that in terms of our preview podcast. So a lot of things happen like that in NFL uh, with Thursday and Friday practices determining who's going to be highly owned uh, in GPPs on DraftKings. So we decided that we're going to add a new piece of content weekly where the three of us get on Instagram live and we just uh, sort of kick it. So you can follow us at the DFS Dose on Instagram and we're just going to have sort of a laid back show where we catch you guys up leading up to lock on on Sundays. So yeah, pretty exciting stuff. You guys ready to be pumping out our third piece of content on a weekly basis? I'm hyped. Let's get it. Uh whatever whatever the fans want you know what i'm saying yeah exactly and then the fans definitely want to see you know our, our beautiful faces uh, uh as well as our beautiful voices so i think this will this will be good <laughs> you know just get just get more uh, great takes from us and and sail to the money as we like to say because so. honestly just just about like the you know thursday to sunday a lot of stuff changes like in our minds and we text each other about it but obviously we can't say it on the podcast since we only do two a week, so that'll be a good <clears throat> way for people to learn the plays that we're on now. Yeah, like, yeah. So now, as in Sunday before the slate uh, opens up. Yeah, I mean, you know, who wants to watch those Fox and CBS pregame shows where they just do a bunch of corny stuff? You know, come come, come to Instagram Live and get the hard information. That's what you need to be successful, and we're gonna supply to make it. Money. Yes, exactly. That guapo. That's what we're all about here. Guapa dollar, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, let's get into this week. Uh, Before we get into our standard show, Joey, I kind of want to ask you, man. So last night we were in Detroit live, Ford Field for the, I mean, some would call it an upset. I mean, I don't think it's that crazy. The Lions just administered a beatdown on the New England Patriots on primetime. So uh, you you got anything to say about that, uh, that game that we were at? Our defensive line is trash. Our receivers are trash. Um, and yeah, that's about it. And they just play very poorly. They look like they weren't even trying for half the game. Couldn't stop the run, obviously. The Lions got their first hundred yard rusher in seventy games. Hey, so, carry on. So it was a it was just a bad bad game for the Patriots, but I expect them to bounce back like they always do. And for the listeners, that is why the podcast is being released Tuesday instead of Monday. 
me and Ben traveled to Detroit for the weekend to watch the Patriots-Lions game on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, uh, what a great game it was. Love that uh, that just errant ball that Brady tried to push into double coverage to Philip Dorsett. Just an easy yeah, pick Phil- from my Dol- man Slay. Throw it up into double coverage going to Philip Dorsett, who's, I don't even know. Who's not he, had, he had several drops that game, even leading up to that, so... He started with two drops, and it was all downhill from there. So, yeah. What do you think, Jared? You feeling a little uh, NFC North pressure? <laughs> Bear down. From the Lions, no. The only team I'm actually worried about is the Vikings, no matter how bad they played the other day. Sorry if I sound sick. I'm sick. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the only team I'm worried about is the Vikings. The Lions, they're not going to play that well. They played really sound football uh, yesterday, though. So maybe they could stay consistent. I'll give it to the crowd, too. The crowd was electric last night while, while I was just sitting there in silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was a good game, and, and Joey uh, went with the smart decision of not wearing any uh, Patriots gear and getting trolled by the fans, although he was he was talking like he was going to be just roasting people on the podcast. Oh, he can't roast anybody if you're losing, so. Fair enough, fair enough. The but, whole uh, game. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that, that, was, that was wild. Even I didn't expect that. But um, let's get right into our DraftKings discussion for the week. So. Um, Jared mentioned how badly the Vikings played, and right off the bat, I just kind of want to talk about Latavius Murray, who was massively owned. He was like, I think, 64% in the $25 double up, I want to say, or, or close to that. So just massive ownership. It seems like he was in a great spot. The Vikings were home 17-point favorites against a Bills team that has just looked horrible through the first two weeks. But in this game, you know, the unexpected just absolutely happened. 17-point favorites, and the Bills managed to cover. And not only that, but they pretty much blew the Vikings out. I think it was 27-6, the final score. And and that was just incredibly unpredictable. Knocked most people out of their survivor uh, pools, me included. And... Uh, Latavius Murray, though, only got two attempts and one reception. So um, what do you guys think about Latavius Murray? Was that just bad process or bad results? What happened there? I personally think since the Bills jumped right down the Vikings' throat, Kirk Cousins needed to take it into his own hands, and he couldn't get it done. They weren't giving Latavius the ball until Kirk Cousins, the man they just paid so much money, could handle it himself. I mean... I don't blame it on Kirk Cousins. Um, heard the stat. Jerry Hughes of the Bills defense, defensive line, he apparently broke a record in, like, the new gen, you know, statistics. He had 15 quarterback hurries against the Vikings. The Vikings' offensive line was terrible, and it showed. And also, shout-out to Josh Allen, too. He played pretty well. I'll give him that game. He hurdled Anthony Barr. Yeah, that was nasty. Yeah. We got to give him credit, especially considering how much we've been absolutely trashing the Bills. Um, on, yeah. on our drive to Detroit, I, I looked over at Joey and I was like, yo, man, you really think that 0-16 is in play for the Bills? And, and I mean, we both thought that that seemed pretty reasonable with how poorly they looked. And, and a couple hours later, that's completely out the window and the Bills are on the board with their first win. Like in the first like three or four drives, Kirk Cousins had two fumbles, right? So, I don't blame that much on him. I blame that on the offensive line. They played so bad against the Bills and the Bills took One of advantage. the fumbles, it was one of the fumbles was his fault. He held the ball for insanely long. 
you just got to get the ball out. There's just, in this point in his career, he needs to know he needs to get the ball out. There's just too much offensive talent when you look at Rudolph, Diggs, Thielen, and, and, I mean, even Latavius Murray. Kirk Cousins should be able to come back, even from when they were down 17-0 in the first quarter. You know, Kirk Cousins has the firepower against a very, you know, talent deficit team in the Bills. He should have been able to pull that out, but he just melted down instead. Shout out to Tredavious White. He held Stephon Diggs to four catches for 17 yards. He traveled and shadowed him the whole game. Yeah, the Bills played well. I'll give him that. I'll give him that one. But they're still the worst team in the NFL, so... Sorry if yeah. you're a Bills fan. <laughs> Thielen was the only player who managed to get loose in that game. He had he 19 ate. targets. He caught 14 of them for 105 yards, but uh, still um, pretty pretty mediocre showing. And he was low-owned, but uh, Latavius is the one that buried everybody, especially in cash. Yeah, and Latavius in the $25 double-up single entry, um, obviously they do different ones, but the one – that I was in, he was 44%, okay. which is pretty chalky. That's very and then, chalky. And Corey Clement, uh, the other major chalk, also, he, yeah. he didn't, he didn't, you know, fall flat, but he didn't really do well either. I was going to just, yeah, I was just going to mention him. He was 56% owned in mine. And only, so, he only had 10 points, 19 receiving yards, uh, 56 rushing yards three catches so i i got off of uh clement late in the week and that's the kind of thing that we'll talk about on our instagram live show because uh on our preview we had all discussed him as uh you know 100 percent lock down play in cash if a jai missed but later in the week as things started to you know come into clearer focus i kind of got off of clement i thought that smallwood at 3000 was an even better play um, just because they were going to split work, and Smallwood actually ended up uh, being the more productive of the two, if not just because he got the touchdown, uh, which is sort of just variance. But, um, Jared, did you end up uh, sticking with Clement in your cash games? Um, in cash, yeah, even though I didn't want to because I think it was Sunday morning or Saturday night, I saw them sign Josh Adams mm-hmm. off the practice squad. I mean, I, I split my cash line into two just because I couldn't convince myself 100% to get off Clement. In one cash line, I used Clement, and then the uh, other cash line, I used Jordan Howard, Latavius, but I also paid up for Gurley. So it kind of kind of evened out in, in my cash games. But yeah, Clement, I mean, I was right. I knew he was, I felt like he was going to get about 20 touches, but he just didn't produce. That was just, and the weather was another bad thing mm-hmm. it was all rainy and it was just it was just a, it was just a bad game it was and i know you texted us early in the morning about uh to watch out for that weather so my my biggest decision was whether or not to fade ebron because i thought that ebron was a lock to sort of take over for uh the targets that doyle was going to leave absent in that short passing game and speaking of the colts uh short passing game uh, it's pretty evident that Andrew Luck is not back to full strength. They took him out of the game for a Hail Mary and put Jacoby Brissett in because his arm strength is better than Luck's at this point, which Luck uh, later confirmed. So um, that's just neither here nor there when talking about Ebron. But Ebron, uh, I I thought was questionable chalk. I ended up going with it, and that kind of bit me. He only got uh, eight, eight, eight or so points, I think. Um, decent in cash. Yeah, decent cash for 3.4, but, um, you know, could have been a lot better. Um, did you guys play Ebron? I mostly played Zach Ertz and uh, Kelsey. Yeah, I played Ebron. I did play in cash. 
in my first lineup, I did play a lot of Ebron because I went with Luck, Ebron, and T.Y. Hilton. And now I know until Luck is fully healthy or end of season form, I'm not picking him and T.Y. Hilton anymore. T.Y. Hilton is averaging like 8.5 yards per target or something like that. It's ridiculously low. It's something is not fully recovered with his shoulder. It's very unfortunate, um, and hope we, you know, we hope that he gets back to that point. But it, he's just not there, and we got to accept that and plan accordingly in DFS. So going back to what you said earlier, Jared, you played Jordan Howard. Um, so we were all super uh, into Howard this week. We thought he was one of the clear best plays. I played him everywhere in my tournaments. He ended up rushing 24 times for 61 yards and a touchdown, caught two of his two targets for 20 yards. So it was a pretty decent game, but it wasn't necessarily the blow-up game that we expected. Do you think that that was um, maybe the Cardinals' defense isn't as bad as we thought they were through two weeks or just bad game script because the Bears were behind for a lot of that game or – or just what was it with Jordan Howard this week? I didn't get to personally, like, actually watch the game. But, I mean, I know they were trying to work Cohen in some. Like, he got, Cohen got eight touches. He was actually a little more explosive than Jordan Howard. But they gave Jordan Howard 24 carries. I mean, that Arizona run defense was just playing pretty well. And them getting down to a... What was it? Fourteen nothing first quarter. That that kind of hurt Jordan Howard. Um. I don't know. He's just not breaking those runs right now. I think towards the end of the season, middle season, he'll be okay. But I don't know. I think it was just a bad overall game for the Bears. Um, that's fair. So, uh, just in in terms of our overall results, how did you guys do this week? Well, I will say my GPP lineup did smash. Hit up to what two hundred points or so. Two two oh one, so yeah, I yeah, kinda got lucky with Evan Ingram. He hurt his knee, uh went out for the game, so I lost him in my lineup. And then Julio not being targeted also kinda messed me up, but overall two hundred one, that's a top uh, you know, GPP performance. And I lost in cash, so I just missed in cash, but I made four GPP lineups and all of them hit but one. I scored 187, 185, and 183. I would have did a lot better, but somehow I convinced myself to save 200 and pick Cooper Cup over Robert Woods, even though I was on Robert Woods the whole week and mm-hmm. played him in cash. But I got him. All, I got off him in GPP, and that kind of hurt me. I could have cashed way higher because he scored like 30-something. Yeah, I think I like believe. 38 points on DraftKings. Uh, yeah, that kind of hurt. Very depressing. Yeah, Woods. Uh, ca- uh, yeah, yeah. Woods caught 10 of his 11 targets for 104 yards and two touchdowns. He absolutely snapped. Um, in terms of what you were saying, I thought Cup was the solid cash play, and he ended up doing very well for cash games. But yeah, Robert Woods absolutely smashed. Um, that was the only thing that saved me in terms of GPPs. I went Cup in my cash games. I went Woods in my GPP lineups, and uh, that saved me from my other mediocre GPP teams. I ended up breaking about even in GPPs, but uh, won 84% of my cash games, so that was another successful week in cash. Um, yeah, um, shout out to you, Joey, for getting me on Cam Newton late in the week, although Matt Ryan was technically a better play. Um 
just Cam Newton ending up with two touchdowns through the air and two touchdowns on the ground. Absolutely uh, underpriced at 6K. Loved Cam Newton this week. Yeah, I was on the Matt Ryan train, so he boosted me along with uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, me and Joey were talking about Calvin Ridley like all morning on Saturday, and I just stuck him in every GPP lineup. Yeah, Ridley to me seemed like a perfect pivot off of Tyler Boyd. Um, although ideally you would have played both of them. Uh, for me, that is what sunk a lot of my GPPs as well, is that it was one or the other. Um, I played Boyd in cash and went Ridley in some GPPs. But, but yeah, I mean, Ridley, insane game. Um, seven receptions, 146 yards, three touchdowns, plus nine yards on the ground. He was only 12% owned in the Millie Maker. Uh, that's just absolutely insane. So not only did he have an amazing superstar game, but he also uh, was perfect leverage off of Julio Jones, who once again was unable to score for the Falcons. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, Julio doesn't have a touchdown this year, right? No, he doesn't. Yeah, so so Ridley is now matching Julio's uh, touchdown total from this year and last year included, and he's in his third NFL game, so... Um, clearly, this is something with Julio Jones that is going to continue into this year, his his inability to score touchdowns. And we're going to have to start seriously looking at Calvin Ridley as uh, an explosive element in that offense. No doubt. I think Calvin Ridley uh, leapfrogs Sanu for that number two job after that game. You think he's going to leapfrog Julio Jones for that number one? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's what just... about uh, Tyler Boyd uh, leapfrogging A.J. Green or – Watch him out. What about Jordy mouth. Nelson leapfrogging Amari Cooper? I was. I mean, I would say that. <laughs> I mean, Amari Cooper can't get open, dude. I don't know what's wrong with him. The winners of GPPs really have some balls. I'll give him that. Because these dudes play like receivers that are under. All three receivers are under like 4,000. And they snap for like 50 points each. It's crazy. You, you, you got to have some brass balls, man. No lie. Ridley, to me, did make sense, uh, going just back into what we talked about last week in terms of stacking the players that are going to be lower-owned and the games that are going to be highly owned. So we've talked about that a couple weeks now, and Ridley was another example of that working out in terms of GPPs. For Tyler Boyd, though, um, in my opinion, he was helped by A.J. Green getting hurt in the second quarter of that game and taking some time off, so Boyd was pretty much the main factor in that passing attack so um I faded Boyd and GPPs I didn't think that he had any kind of ceiling obviously he reached a ceiling that I didn't really anticipate um do you guys think Boyd is going to be viable for this kind of role going forward he seems to fully have supplanted John Ross yeah as much as that hurts to say I love John Ross John Ross isn't that player I don't know yeah I know it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's fully taken that. And he's going to run with it, too. He's a pretty good receiver. And Andy Dalton's playing pretty well this year, so he might he might put up some numbers this year. He might break 1,000. And, and just a little look ahead. Dalton is 
400 against the Falcons next week. I'm just toss, just tossing cash. that out there. That's uh, something to keep an eye on. They just lost Ricardo Allen, yeah, too. Another hit to an already decimated uh, defense there. And um, just on another note, we can get into Alvin Kamara here for a minute. So Kamara had 15 receptions for 124 yards. That's just unbelievable. So if you if you look at Kamara having 15 receptions this week, Christian McCaffrey had 14 receptions against the Falcons last week and uh, the Bengals coming in there next week. We'll talk about this more in our preview, but if, if Mixon is out again, Gio Bernard is an absolute lock. Yeah, well, Mixon is definitely out. I think he's out another two weeks. Well, in that case, Gio Bernard's going to be in every lineup for me at 6,300. Yeah. I already told Ben I'm basically going back to this to the Falcons. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over this game. Stack? I don't know. This The secondary's not that bad, but Matt Ryan's Matt Ryan. So. Wait, who's at home? The Falcons. Falcons. Oh, cash. Matt Ryan is nasty in the Georgia Dome. Yeah. And the Bengals' pass yeah. defense isn't that good. And they just – and on the ground – they just uh, got ate up by Christian McCaffrey, who who had a good game. He 28 carries for 184 yards. Yeah, they finally fed him the ball like he should be getting. I mean, I wonder what? how much Matt Ryan is next week. Uh, Matt Ryan next week is 6,100. 6, but let's talk about that for a minute. Christian McCaffrey getting, what did you say, it was 28 carries? 28 carries, 184 yards, yep, and two catches. So, you know, we t- we sometimes talk about trends and anomalies on this podcast. So last anomaly. week... Anomaly. So you think that's an anomaly, him getting that yes. rushing usage? That was his first time getting over, like, 70 yards rushing in a game or something. And he got 184. He'll, he won't do that weekly, 100%. I could totally see that. But getting away from how he got it, he still got his production and he still got his touches. So if he isn't getting it through the air like we expect him, it seems like the Panthers are just going to get him involved no matter what. I mean, is Christian McCaffrey entering the elite status, at least in terms of usage? I mean, it seems like he's getting used like an elite back, and he's, his price is just going to keep going up. So we're going to have to either look at him like that way and play him like he's an elite back, or we're going to have to start fading him. And I don't know if I'm going to be fading him anytime soon. If you're getting – consistently 20 plus touches then yeah you're elite in usage which means he's worth a play every week no matter who they play as long as greg olsen is out i'm going to be playing him as long as he's at a reasonable price like this coming week he's at on a bye week so zero (laughs) dollars but yeah um i don't know as long as he stays around that 7500 ish range He's going to be in my lineup. I don't know who they're playing when they come off of a buy, but I'd be shocked if he was uh, under 8,000 again. He was already up to 7,800, and, and just with what happened, yeah, I think he's going to be an 8,000 or higher back at this point. Can we talk about another running back real quick? Um, yeah. They play the Giants, by the way. Oh, speaking of the Giants, perfect segue. Ben, <laughs> you told me about Saquon Barkley. You just want to go into that a little bit because... Yeah, um, so Saquon Barkley is the least talked about, most successful running back in the league right now. So if, if I think that we've sort of become desensitized to rookie running backs being great right away. Um, we saw Ezekiel Elliott take the league by storm right away. We saw Gurley do it, um, although he was hurt at the beginning of his uh, rookie year, but he ended up coming in right away 
from I think week four or five in that rookie season and just being absolutely dominant. And we're seeing Saquon Barkley do nothing but put up 20 or more points on DraftKings every week. Uh, week one against the Jacksonville Jags, he did 23.8. Against Dallas, 24.8. Against Houston, 22.7. Um, and he's going under 10% owned in every one of these games. He was 7% owned, I think, in the Millie Maker. And again, he just... To be 7.2% to be exact. So 7.2%. And he got six targets week one, 16 targets in week two, and five targets in uh, week three. Evan Ingram is slated to miss a couple of weeks, two to three weeks I saw this morning. So... It's just going to be more short dump-offs to Saquon Barkley. The Giants' line is absolutely horrific. Um, You know, Eli has absolutely no time to let plays develop to get the ball to Odell deep. So I think that Barkley and Sterling Shepard are just going to be eating in this time that Evan Ingram is gone. But I don't know what it is if people are just have this expectation that Barkley is going to be doing what he's doing. But I just I think it needs to be pointed out that Barkley is delivering on on his status as a top two pick in the NFL draft. He's he's performing. Yeah, he's averaging four point seven yards per carry, which is really good. Um, like you said, he's getting targets. He's had five plus in each of his first three games. He has <clears throat> he has one hundred thirty seven receiving yards and 21 catches, so he's a threat out of the backfield and on DraftKings, which is a PPR site, and he's still going with low ownership and a reasonable price tag for the first three weeks. So I don't know. Uh, you you put me onto that. I don't know what people are doing. I mean, I haven't played him, so I'm part of that, but it's crazy. I mean, we also can't dodge what, what he's doing for Odell right now. I mean, Odell's getting massive targets also, and they they can't, like double triple cover Odell anymore they have to respect the run now and Saquon out of the backfield Odell's gonna be Odell's gonna have a crazy year he hasn't scored yet but I think honestly oh my god this week against New Orleans yeah that's what I was saying that's what I was telling Ben it's just the line if they if they even had a remotely good line everybody in that offense would be basically a fantasy star Odell might score twice this week Odell, he might be one of my favorite plays this week. I think Odell's going to be the hardest decision to make on the slate because I think he's going to have massive ownership. Um, I think that ownership is going to be deserved because of the upside he offers on this team, but I could also see this being a trap game. I could see Cameron Jordan just wrecking Eli Manning's entire game and them having absolutely no time to let routes develop and let Odell do something. I mean, we all know Odell can take a slant 90, 90 yards, et cetera, blah, 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 and, and you know, make a make a great play. But um, I might have more interest in Saquon Barkley just because of how how bad this line is and how little time Eli is going to have to get Odell the ball. He's getting a ton of targets, like you said, but he's just – He's producing. He's just not producing to the standard that he should be with that workload. And, and just it's it's not his fault. It's not Eli's fault necessarily. It's it's the Lions' fault, in my opinion. I, I mean, I think the perfect pivot will be Odell because I think everyone's going to be on Michael Thomas in the same uh, game. Or even, like, even, I mean, there's always- Buffalo secondary is terrible. I mean, Atlanta, that Atlanta game is going to be so high-owned, mm-hmm. especially the totals at 51 right now opening at 51 and the Giants games opening at 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my opinion, I think the the highest scoring games, which I will definitely be having my players from, would be the Giants game, the Falcons game, and then also the 
well, the Chargers game won't be high scoring, but they're in a good matchup, so that's what I'll be looking at. And I think Keenan and Odell could go high on, but like the perfect pivot off Odell would be Sterling Shepard, like Ben mentioned. Yeah, if you uh, with go. Evan Ingram out, he should be the perfect mid range target for uh, yeah. for Eli Manning, and he's only forty nine hundred, so forty nine absolute cash yeah. play, and depending on that ownership, GPPs as well. What do you, What do you guys think about the Packers offense? Doo doo. Nah, I'm just playing. Um, nah, for this for this week, this week against the Bills at home against the Bills. See, if this was wasn't like early in the season, like Rogers' injury, I don't know. It's hard to explain because it it, it looks like he shouldn't be playing right now because Honestly, he can't he can't even carry opinion, he can't even put weight on his leg, which which isn't good. But he's got to do what he's got to do for his team. Yeah. Honestly, they should sit him the next three weeks. They play. At home against the Bills, I mean, a tough game is going to be at Detroit. It's always a close game with them. And then home against Jimmy Jimmy G-less San Fran. I mean, I think Kaiser can win two or three of those games. The Bills and San Fran easily. And then Kaiser probably wouldn't win against Detroit. But, like, with Aaron Jones, like, Rodgers should sit till he's healthy. The Packers need him. Like end of the season. Yeah. Um. I. I just. I don't see the merit of them playing him and risking him losing a whole nother season of his prime. You know. I just. I don't see the merit in that. Saying. Just to, what play the Bills in in week four? Like, just think give him some uh, time. If he sits this week, their bye week is week seven, and then he could just come back a four p.m. game at Los Angeles, Rams week eight. Yeah. That w- like just sit him. You play two bums and then you obviously have a tough division game. But you can afford but, that loss if they were if they were to lose. Like you can afford it early in the season. I don't know. Just especially be, just if be they the win third those... NFC North team to lose to a crappy AFC East team so far. You know, just do it. Yeah, but um, <laughs> no, nah, I agree. I agree with that. Jared, what did you see out of uh, the return of Aaron Jones? Explosiveness. I am so excited for him to be back. Because Ty Montgomery isn't a good runner. Jamal Williams, like I said before, is just a between the tackles. He's not a loser or anything. He's not what the Packers need. Unless Rodgers is out. He's perfect when Rodgers is out. But when Rodgers is in there, they need an elusive back. And that's where Aaron Jones is. Aaron Jones is going to take the starting job. I don't care what anybody says. After next week, he will be the hands-down starter. I mean, Jamal Williams is still going to be in there for a couple of passing downs here and there, but Aaron Jones is taking this job. I mean, Rodgers is... I don't know if you guys saw the game, but there was a one scramble out to the right where he tried to throw off his back leg to um, Allison, and he threw it straight into the dirt, and Allison was open. It was like... It was a throw you see Rodgers make. Like, better than anybody. Like, like Mahomes. You guys saw the Mahomes play, where he scrambled all the way to the left, yeah, game all the yeah, way to yeah. right through a that dot. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, was, was kind of like the same thing, but Rodgers just threw it straight, like, straight into the dirt, and, like, Allison was open. It was, like, you don't see that out of Rodgers. You see him dot up any throw that nobody else can make, yeah. and you could just yeah. see he's not healthy. Like, it's it's not worth risking another, another lost season with... I mean, the Packers are getting kind of old. It's not worth it. Speaking of Mahomes, though, just <laughs> he's insane. I will give him that. But, you know, he could be this year's Watson because Watson is struggling right now, you know, second year in the NFL. But 
it's also my home second year in the NFL. Um, he had the whole rookie season to learn Andy Reid's system to take over when they traded Alex Smith, and he looks he looks amazing. He can make any throw on the field. Um, like you brought up, Jared, that scrambling play was incredible. I think Rodgers is probably the only other quarterback that can make that play, honestly, or maybe Russell Wilson too, but, uh, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So we're three weeks in now, and Kareem Hunt did decent. He had his 18 touches again, so he's averaging, I think, 17.5 or so through the first three weeks, but he's completely uninvolved in the passing yeah. game. At first, As, I wasn't really, you know, believing that it would go on like this, but I think we really have to recognize at this point, Mahomes is just going to throw it. Doesn't matter yeah. if they're up. Doesn't matter, you know, if, if Kareem Hunt is open. I saw Kareem Hunt open on a couple of plays in the flat. Mahomes could have hit him, but he's like, nah, let me just toss this deep 60 yards instead. Or, or just, he even took a sack at one point rather than dumping it off because he was looking downfield. And I think that that could improve with him as he becomes more experienced but at this point he's not dumping it off cream hunts usage in the passing game is it's just not it's not going to be existent this year so i think we have to accept that and accept that you know cream hunt got two two yard touchdowns he kind of ran hot with those results i think that um cream hunt could have easily had another disappointing game and if his price starts going up he's going to be a heavy fade for me what do you guys think about hunt and just his role in this new offense Mahomes isn't a checkdown passer, and that's just facts. He's not a checkdown passer, so he's not looking for Kareem Hunt, like you said, out of the backfield. So Kareem Hunt's receiving work is non-existent. It's not going to be there this year. And honestly, neither probably Will's run game. He won't get over 1,000 yards, I don't think, rushing, especially if they keep this kind of offense up where it's just, you know, pass-centric. Just don't see it happening. I, I agree. I agree completely. It sucks. I love Kareem Hunt, but they don't run the ball. Until Mahomes hits that wall. Which will happen. Which, right. It will happen, but honestly, when? I know. Because he looks crazy. He looks amazing right now. It doesn't look like any defense has an answer for him. Just because. He's he's dotted up some good defenses. They're playing bad right now, but they're good defenses. Like, what are you going to do? Because like, you have like Tyreek Hill, who can run like 60 yards in like five seconds and then Mahomes he said Mahomes is the only quarterback who doesn't underthrow him so Mahomes is throwing 70 80 yards down the field to Tyreek Hill like who's keeping up nobody it's it's insane all I know is uh week seven the Chiefs and Jags is going to be just the most amazing game to watch. I can't wait to see that secondary face the Chiefs offense and see if if they can't stop them, then then nobody can, honestly. Wait, what was that game? Chiefs and Jags, week seven. Oh, that's, yeah. that's going to be a crazy game. If Mahomes dots them up, he's he, <laughs> MVP. MVP. Okay, um, let's talk about real quick, I think just one more player that we got to mention out here, Will Fuller. He went 22.65% owned in the Millie Maker. Um, The Texans offense continued to struggle um, as a whole, but Fuller is, he's outproducing Hopkins right now. Well, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, Ridley outperforming Julio, Boyd, A.J. Green, Nelson, Cooper, and and Fuller's doing the same thing. Maybe it was just a crazy week, but, I mean, Will Fuller is producing at an insane level he's like Tyreek Hill light 
Um, he went five for 101 and one. And it just seems like anytime he's on the field, he's a threat. Even though I think his touchdown came in the red zone, it was a short pass this week. But, um, you know, we were just talking as long as his price is suppressed compre- like compared to players like Tyree Kill, I mean, he's going to be a GPP player that you have to have exposure to every week. Yeah, I played him in my GPP lineup. He's a, he's a GPP lock every week. He scored a touchdown every time him and Watson has started yes. together, right? He's, uh, Will Fuller has scored nine touchdowns in the seven games that he's played with Deshaun Watson. That's just absolutely insane. It's crazy. Yeah, he's a, he's a GPP lock every week for me. Uh, is there anyone else we got to mention here on the list? We talked about Woods, all of them. Um, Chris Carson, that's an interesting play. He's super cheap next week, 4,600, I think. And he managed to get 32 carries this week. Uh, only turned it into 102 yards, so that's not great. But, um, you know, Dallas has a pretty decent run defense. Um, do we think that – I mean, this 32 carries, to me, that seems like an outlier. Like, he will probably – that'll probably be a season high for Chris Carson. But, um, I mean, if he's getting anything close to that and he's under 4,500 on DraftKings, I mean, we're, he's going to have to be in cash game consideration. I didn't even know he got 32 carries. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they weren't kidding when they said they were going to work him this week. I mean – Did they – did Penny get any touches? <laughs> He had three touches, I believe, two or three touches, and um, yeah, he had he had three three carries for five yards. Yeah, early in the first half, he, uh, you know, don't take my word for this, but he might have fumbled or missed the blocker. He did something bad, so P. Carroll put him in the doghouse for the rest of the game, which uh, opened up touches for Carson. A lot of touches, I should say. Yeah, and he is, and he's forty six hundred next week against Arizona. And we just uh, we talked last week about all the reasons we like Jordan Howard facing Arizona. Um, you know, Howard was on Not a playing Chris Carson, even at forty six hundred. Definitely not. All right, I respect it. I don't think I will either. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. It depends on how the week goes. If this week, just you know, I barely looked at it, but just looking at what I have seen, um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be quite as tight as as last week was. Although last week ended up not being so tight once injuries opened up, uh, it was super tight in the beginning of the week. This week seems like there's quite a bit of value um, if you look for it. So, um, is there anyone else we have to talk about here? David Johnson. Yeah, go ahead. He finally scored. Yeah, got got that uh, touchdown. Four receptions. Uh, nice, nice job. He did get taken out of the game for like, I think a drive or something in a crucial spot because he missed a blitz pickup. Yeah, but um, in terms of the Cardinals, uh, we have Josh Rosen overtaking uh, Bradford week four, which predicted by my boy Jared here on this very podcast. You could hear that on uh, one of our old episodes. But yeah, Rosen is taking over, so it's going to be a new era in the Arizona offense, which might end up freeing David Johnson up. Uh, you know, if it does anything like what Baker Mayfield did for the Browns or what uh, Allen is doing for the Bills, maybe it can finally give this offense the spark it needs. I mean, because they've just been absolutely horrific with Bradford uh, behind center. That is huge news for David Johnson. Huge news. If you're in a fantasy league, go trade for David Johnson right now. Buy low. He that's huge news. Just wait. 
He's going to start snapping. He's probably low next week, too. There's no way he's over. He's 6,600. No the lowest I've seen him since, yeah. you know, he popped off in his rookie year. That's a, that's a lock. That's a lock. He's going to score 25 points this week. Josh Rosen, he's definitely a step up from Bradford. You know, rookie quarterback coming in. I don't think he's going to be that electric to free up David John to free up David Johnson. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're still going to have trouble getting him the ball. It's not like Josh Rosen is this superior quarterback. You know, he's he's good, but yeah, I know. But when you when you're a rookie, don't you want to get it to your best player? You know what I'm saying? Like he's going to be looking for checkdowns. He's going to be looking for he's going to be looking for David Johnson. And Larry Fitzgerald, that's it. David Johnson, I, I, I don't know. That's just me. I think he's gonna snap week I one. I mean, that's. With, I think that's more of the coaching Rosen. and play calling rather than because even with Bradford, they still weren't getting David Johnson the ball. So Bradford I don't, is terrible. I don't see a difference with Josh Rosen stepping in. I mean, I could see the check down and him, you know, having trust in his good players, but I think it's more so on the coaching staff. But. If you want to pick up, go pick up Christian Kirk. Yeah. Trust me. He's going to be he's going to be Rosen's favorite target, that rookie rookie special. I don't know. How could you get away from Larry Fitz? How could you not love the throw of Larry Fitz? That boy doesn't drop anything ever. Yeah, got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Kirk actually um, you know, on the low, Kirk had eight targets this week for seven receptions, 90 yards. He's 3,700 on DraftKings next week. Um, worth consideration. Did Larry even play? He he played. Um, yeah, he yeah, did? he played. Barely though. He he oh, he was mostly he, like he was a hurt. he was mostly like a decoy though. He um, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah, I know he was actually pretty hurt, pretty uh, significant. Yeah, he only hurt. had uh two targets, two receptions. So that that probably played into you know the the amount of targets that Christian Kirk got. I definitely think, yeah, like Jared said, they're going to have to go back to Larry Fitz um, if he's healthy. Don't get me wrong. I I like Christian Kirk. I liked him in college. I liked him and Ridley coming out. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with Joey. I think Kirk Kirk might uh, have a a pretty big second half once Rosen gets um, comfortable. I'm fading that whole Cardinals team for a while, though, personally. Yeah. Is there anyone else we got to cover here? I think that's about it. You cannot fade Camara, all Michael Thomas and Breeze anymore. If you could fit him in, fit him in. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was going to ask you guys about this. Last thing before we close out the show here, Alvin Kamara. So, I mean, with Le'Veon Bell not playing right now, with David Johnson having his struggles, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is amazing, but he isn't the same as these guys in terms of, you know, receiving. So Alvin Kamara is pretty much to me, especially with Todd Gurley off the slate, he's the clear cut in a tier of his own, absolutely the best running back on the board, especially on DraftKings and a PPR site. I mean, 15 receptions, 20 targets. I mean, this is beyond anything we've ever seen, I mean, at least in recent years. And in terms of not only getting 20 targets and 15 catches, he's also setting records now in terms of his attempts. He had sec- uh, 16, which is a career high for him. So, I mean, it 
if there's any type of value and you can fit him into your cash games, I just don't see how you can fade a player that's that involved in such a prolific offense. He just seems like a lock. And like Joey said, he had his touchdowns taken away, so 37 points for him is actually low for what could have happened. He was inches away from from having a 40-point game for the second time in three weeks. He could have had over 55 points. Drew Brees vaulted two rushing touchdowns. Um, oh, what's his name? I forgot his name. The tight end, the white guy, not Ben Watson. Line, line, Zach yeah, Line. Zach, Zach Line vultured a receiving touchdown. Yep, three touchdowns gone to two, you know, players who don't really score touchdowns. Like, well, Drew Brees throws touchdowns, but he doesn't run for touchdowns. So Kamara, he could have had a monster week. Thirty-seven is light. For real, um, you know, let's get it in this next week with Kamara while we can before Ingram returns, and then you know, probably get him in still. Um, he might he might get less attempts, might go back towards the ten attempt range, but I mean, if he's getting twelve, thirteen, fourteen, up to twenty targets as a running back, I'm I mean, you can't get away from that. You just can't. It's, it's he's clear cut the receiver too, clear cut the receiver too in the Saints offense behind Michael Thomas. And he's a running he's back. Like the, he's like the 1B, honestly. Yeah, honestly he had more targets yeah. than Michael Thomas last week. It, literally, Drew Brees. He had twice if, as many. At this point, Drew Brees is looking through one, two progressions. If not, it's going to Kamara out the backfield. Because he knows he's going to be there for at least a six, seven-yard gain every time. With the chance to break it off for more every time he has the ball yes. in his hands. Literally. He knows he's going to be there. He knows that's a safe option to come down every time. He knows he's going to be open. He knows he's going to catch it because he's a great catcher. And you just can't take a, you. I mean, I mean, you just can't fade that value, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that is going to be it for us on this episode, uh, episode 10. 10 episodes, guys. We did it. Uh, we made it through into the double digits so um you know first of of many multiples of 10 hopefully you know i don't, I don't know i'm just rambling but um <laughs> yeah so uh follow us on twitter at the dfs dose please follow us on instagram at the dfs dose um you'll be able to check out our new instagram live show that is going to be going on every sunday at noon eastern an hour before lock um, and we will be back again on Thursday with a preview yeah. of the week four slate. Before we get out of here, Joey, do you want to tell the people how they can support the podcast? Uh, you can support the podcast by going on iTunes, searching up the DFS dose and subscribing, as well as you know going to Twitter and now Instagram and following the DFS dose. Like Ben mentioned before, we're going to uh, start doing that. So that's the best way to support us. Yeah, uh, leave us a rating or review as well on iTunes. That also helps. Five stars. Five stars, obviously. I mean, maybe goes without saying. 100%. Maybe leave a nice little comment, something along the lines of great podcast or, you know, these individuals know what they're talking about. Made us a ton of money because, I mean, if you listen to us, we probably have. So, but. uh, I mean, (laughs) you've cashed. You've cashed three weeks out of three. My GPP line has hit for 200 two out of three weeks. Jared has cashed two out of three weeks. 
So And we only going up from here. So uh, like we said, follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose. You can follow my personal Twitter at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Guys, tell them where they can find you. My personal Twitter is at Joey Carrion underscore. And my Twitter is at Jared underscore underscore Marcus. Double underscore. You heard? Two times. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we will see you on Thursday to preview all the week four action on DraftKings. Uh Peace. Yep. Yeah.